you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and each week I am with a unique leader. They share their passion and talent, what brought them to being that unique leader. There's always a surprise in the story, and the story leads to that unique leader. Today we have Miss Jan Goss Gibson, and Jan is truly a unique leader. She's an author, a speaker, a mastermind creator. She's just one amazing woman. She's a mom, she's a nini, she's a special, special friend and person to many. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to my dear friend, Jan Goss Gibson. Hello, Jan. Hello, Megan. What an honor to be here with you today. It is my extreme pleasure to have you with me, Jan. Really, it is. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I just knew Mm -hmm. that this was the time to do this, to have you with me, and for you to share your story, your Mm -hmm. unique story. So before we go to today, and I know you've watched some of my uh, Unique Leaders lives, And what I really want to do with our guests is to take them back to the beginning of Young Jan. Mm -hmm. Because everyone that I speak with uh, who are trying to start a business or start speaking or start a project have this uh, feeling in their spirit. It might not be spoken, but it's in them that it might be too late it might be too, you know, that it's not the time or they don't have the talents to do it. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I found, have found in interviewing my unique leaders that the your success is in that story. Mm-hmm. And they glean from your story of how you have evolved to who you are mm-hmm. today. So mm-hmm. let's go back to young Jan. And what your first recollection of you and what you thought at that time or where and when you thought that uh, of what you would do in your life when did that begin how did that begin wow this is this is a great question megan (laughs) you're you're asking me to go back in the cobwebs that's a lot of years to go back on um i have to let you know you probably don't know this about me maggie that um I always wanted, I was going to be a rock star. I wanted to be a rock star and I wanted to be on stage and sing and, you know, perform. And I know that's shocking to those of you who know me. I'm going to say I'm not shocked, but, you know, as I said earlier in the intro, that there's always a surprise in the story. There's one, folks. There's one. There you go. So when I was a kid, we would actually, I had three older brothers and we would put on shows in our garage and set up chairs out in the driveway. And of course, I had to facilitate the whole show and put it all together and all the pieces. And um, so I think I've been a little strategist from the beginning. So that's an, uh, that is a, a thread through it, meaning that you are a performer 
always had the dream of performing, so to speak. And then the facilitator of the whole shebang, as you said, putting that together. Yes. And I like to make money. So I would try to charge. My parents would get mad at me. They, they kind of put a stop to that, but I like to make money. So I had to go to sweeping sidewalks to, that was my first job was sweeping. No sidewalks. profiting, no profiting for performance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so where was this Jan at this point when, uh, how old were you and where were you geographically at this time? Because I know so I, you lived in many places. Yes, I have lived in many, many, many places. So this was actually in Boston, up in the Northeast. My dad taught at Boston University up there, and we lived just outside of the city in Natick, for those of you from that area. And um, this was this was in the '60s, so this was this was a long time ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's you know, in my experience music was really a, a fabulous, uh, you know, at a really peak of creativity mm -hmm. in the 60s, because there were many mm -hmm. genres that were evolving in the 60s. So it was a great time to be in the Northeast, to be in Boston. And yeah. to yeah. So uh, then at this point, you were a young gal. And uh, where did you move to? Or where did you live from there? Oh, my. Okay, so Megan, yes. I, I was born in Europe. Mm -hmm. And then in, in Munich, Germany. Okay. And then I moved 21 times in 18 years. So I would be taking you all over the place. You know, if we went right. to every place that I lived yeah. from Boston, we actually moved to Georgia, to Fort Benning. My dad was an officer in the military. Now, I didn't want you to share the entire, uh, you know. Uh, I can't remember them all anyway. <laughs> but what I did want you to share was because I know that you were, your f father was in the military and you had lived as a military child. And so mm -hmm. that is a very important piece to who mm -hmm. you are. And so, you know, so you jump to, you know, you're performing and uh, the shows, but I wanted you to share that with our guests because mm -hmm. that is, and many of our uh, viewers and guests are, have lived that life as well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as military children, uh, as they right. say, you know. We so, know how to be the new kid in the class. Mm -hmm. Like that's one thing you learn is how to be the new kid. Yes. Yeah. And when you were the new kid many, many times, mm -hmm. were you cognizant that, you were the new kid or did you just really put that mantle on and forge in? Well, I would say that there were times when I did both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that you learned to acclimate though in that mm -hmm. circumstance. And therefore that has been a thread through, for you mm -hmm. in your life of acclimating mm -hmm. to circumstances. Definitely. I had to learn how to show up. Amen. And show up well, you do. So you then, um, you know, were uh, traveling throughout the United States, living in many cities, mm -hmm. such as, uh, as you said, then you went to Fort Benning in Georgia. But your uh, family is from, the roots of your family is Texas, correct? Exactly. Right down the road from Austin, little town called Burnett, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so your folks, did they meet in Burnett, Texas? They did. Mm -hmm. And did you... Um, so then when you eventually move your you and your family moved back to Texas mm -hmm. and you lived in Texas and yes. high school, I believe in that period. Austin of time. was our home base. So I actually lived in Austin when I was uh, in elementary school just for a year when I was in second grade. And then we came back 
yes, junior high, high school, college, then I was here in Austin. Mm -hmm. And when, so I'm going to go back to the, on some level, the original question of when you were little Jen, or Janet, mm -hmm. correct? Janet Jen Lynn. Lynn, double name, Texas, Janet, Janet Lynn. Lynn, there you go. So when, in, in the high school period, mm -hmm. did you realize at that time that you uh, were back to your, you know, that flame in your spirit of performing. Did that ever leave you? Did that stay with you? How did that link to that dream then go to uh, what you're doing currently? Well, if, I mean, in high school, the, I was on the dance team. And so for all of you from uh, V&V, say hi, all of you little Valkyries and Viquettes out there from Lanier High School way back in the day here in Austin, Texas. That was a long time ago. Um, that was, you know, in terms of performing and just being out in front of people. Mm -hmm. um, but I really kind of went through this very insecure time in my life as I became an adult because I knew how to be a kid but I honestly did not know this adulting thing. I did not have it down. And because of the timing, the age, the stage, I don't know if it's because I was the fourth child down in my family. If my kids were just like, get rid of her. Like, I'm tired. I already raised, you know, three kids, this fourth one. Um, I married early. You know, I was out of the nest early. I started college at 17. I got married at 19. I had my first child at 20. And I, Megan, I thought I was all grown up, but it took a different turn. Then my life took a different turn because I was a young mama. Yes. And then I had three kids by the time I was 26 years old. I want to stay on this point for a minute because that is a very important piece to my own history is, and I, I want you to repeat the words you said. I did. I knew how to be a kid, but mm -hmm. I didn't have this adult thing down. Did not. No. It's, you know, some days I still wonder if I have it down too well, Megan. Yes. <laughs> but that's, you know, when are we gonna grow up? When does that point come? Well, we will not, but, mm -hmm. but that's a key because I want our um, viewers to hear this and own this because so many people make mistakes at this juncture because mm -hmm. we were not brought up to be adults. Mm -hmm. We were not. Our parents didn't have the skill set and the knowledge to mm -hmm. do that because they struggled in that uh, time themselves mm -hmm. to figure out. Um, and so, so many people like I, a few years older than you, Jan, and I share in my book and I share with, uh, certainly shared with you, that uh, the Vietnam War was going on at that time, and it was so polarized, very much like today. And I went to DC to college, and the cool thing to do was march. I didn't, mm. uh, this little Catholic girl wearing uniforms, I mean, what was marching? And so I was a fish out of water, and I did not know how to take that next step. I was mm -hmm. very frightened, and I too. Well, getting married is what we were taught. It, yeah. You know, back in the day, I know back that's horrifying to those of you now who don't want to get married till you're 40, which is fine. But it, back in the day, if, you know, if we weren't married by the time you're 20, 21, 22, it's like, what? Something's wrong. Exactly. So it's just a different mindset. It's a different, it was a different day. It was not unusual to get married at 20 years old. That was, you thought, I thought I was an adult. I honestly thought I was grown up. And I look back and I see pictures and I look about 12 
and I have my own babies. So it, yes. was, it was a different day. It was a different day. Yes, nothing negative, but again, exactly. it is about the evolution and the story mm -hmm. because there are so many pivots that happen to one's life and you mm -hmm. just learn to overcome those and work with it. And so you had a child and you then um, had, a, tell us, I guess, about your life at that time with your first husband. <laughs> oh, are we going to count husbands on this? Because I don't know if I can go through all that. No, we're not going to, but I want I want you to share about your foster care. Okay, yes. And this and that was a 20-year relationship. Um, so not only did we have three children, but I've always had a heart for children, children and animals. I've always had a heart. I was the one that brought home every stray dog, you know, because I couldn't stand them being beside the road. Well, I was no different with humans. I could not stand, especially for a human to, um, to not be cared for. And so we opened a therapeutic group home and took foster children in and specialized in sibling groups because I could, I just couldn't bear the thought of siblings not being together in this system. And so there were times when we would have five children just from one family, you know, brother siblings that, that we would take in. And the uh, Child Protective Services, they, they called us the Miracle House. We were dubbed the Miracle House uh, because of the shifts and the changes that they saw in these precious children. Um, you know, who it certainly was not their fault that they were in the situation. I just, I can't imagine how, how horrifying it would be to be a child and, you know, just be put in a stranger's house like that. So anyway, that was an eight year journey um, of working on a therapeutic level with, uh, with your own with children and then had three of my own and yes, three of I my own. I wanted our guests to really see your heart, meaning mm -hmm. that it is uh, because again, often people see the success and mm -hmm. they don't understand the underlying essence of a person. Mm -hmm. And that uh, takes tremendous, not only heart, but patience. And, yes. uh, you know, I mean, patience is a huge piece to that, to navigate through your own family as well as, you know, yes children in your life. Yes. When did you, um, at what point did you uh, realize that you were wanting to, uh, you know, not take the performing dynamic and mm -hmm. your heart dynamic and put it together and start to create the, um, the Jan Goss Gibson that is today of mm -hmm. speaking an author and a mm -hmm. mastermind developer and mm -hmm. just, uh, a mentor and coach, executive coach. I mean, you do so much, Jan, and you do so much for the community. Mm -hmm. But when, how did that evolve? How, where did that begin mm -hmm. to germinate and evolve to? Well, good question. Um, and I will say this, that everything that I've learned has been this, it's a, it's a conglomeration of what all those precious children taught me and what I learned from having to work with teams of psychiatrists and psychologists and caseworkers and CASA workers. And, you know, I had to put together behavior modification plans. And 
it's no different in businesses. I do the same thing. I'm using that same skill set. I'm just working with adults. They don't know that I'm putting them in timeout, but that's really what's going on. <laughs> so um, we, we just shift it and we make the language a little more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But really, it's the same skill set. It's all just about loving human beings and having healthy boundaries and, and just the basics of life. Mm -hmm. But in answer to your question of where the, where the change came, mm -hmm. it happened at a women's meeting. I was at a uh, women's event as a participant. I wasn't on stage. I was as a participant and I was sitting there and I don't know if you've ever had an experience, any of you where the room just kind of went cloudy and I heard this. It's like this woman was up on the stage speaking and the room just kind of, uh, it didn't go dark, but it was just like this fog, this cloud. And I heard what I know to be the voice of God say, I have called you to business. And I literally, literally did that thing where you turn around and go, <laughs> me? Like, are you kidding me? Me, the one who got married at 19 and I raised all of these children over 50, five zero, foster children. So I had raised all these children. I was using business skills to run the household, to run things, to, you talk about business, family is a business. And if you run it like that, I had to have a tight ship, Megan. Yes, I, I couldn't afford not to have a tight ship. So I literally heard the voice of God, whether it was within me or without, I don't know, but this is, this is so telling because I took out my Palm Pilot, for those of you, who are millennials down, you'll have to look that up, Google it. Exactly. <laughs> I got my Palm Pilot and I wrote in there, I said, today God called me to business as a businesswoman. So no one was more surprised than I. But at that time, I went back to school, studied international business. Um, I, I figured out my niche I love business. I love commerce. I love the money exchange, the energy exchange, the way it just fascinates me how business makes the world go round mm -hmm. and what businesses fail, what businesses succeed. And um, so I really began to dive in and study business, international business, and went on to the Protocol School of Washington and graduated from there. And that's when I launched civility consulting. Now, prior to that, I had a career in real estate. I was, I sold luxury real estate for 13 years. And that's, that's how I made the money to start my business was through the real estate industry. I was going to bring you back to that because as you were sharing this timeline, I realized that that came first. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you were doing that, building that career, yeah. but then God spoke to you and said, I'm bringing I called you to business. business. Yes. So I've uh, been supporting business leaders ever since. Yes. And I, I think that's the, the uh, fulcrum of this supporting business leaders. I think mm -hmm. truly that is mm -hmm. through your um, civility consulting. And mm -hmm. after, you know, um, uh, we've known each other a while, but then I asked you to come in to the Novitas Spa 
and do a uh, show up well uh, analysis. Yes. And um, because so much, and I'd like you to speak a little bit about this because many people that are uh, watching with us today are in business and it really is not applicable to having a full staff. It's showing mm -hmm. up well. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the tools of a leader, whether it's for mm -hmm. a solopreneur to a team. Yeah. So just share a bit yes. of that. Okay, well, I do have to say this, Megan, when when I came in to your business, I wanted to just turn around and walk out because your staff already showed up well. I'm like, what does she need me for this? This is an amazing staff. You did such a great job of training them. But what I have found out is those who already show up well, are the ones who are attracted to me to come in and train and make sure that their team stays showing up well, that they have protocols in place, that they have strategies in place, that there is an accountability system and uh, you know measures taken to be sure that your business continues on that trajectory. So when I came into Novita Spa, it was such a breath of fresh air and you you just had done such a great job with your staff. And yes, we found some blind spots and we found some little two degree shifts to make, but nothing major. It was nothing big. It's not like we had to come in and recreate a whole company culture. You had already done a really great job of creating that company culture. Well, thank you. And you just said about blind spots and with, that's why we all need coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, we all need them because we are in our day-to-day -day lives and mm -hmm. things happen and uh, you know with our business and our lives mm -hmm. and we need that uh, you use the word accountability and we need that uh, coach but mm -hmm. the, to look at blind spots and uh, work on a, you know just structures absolutely uh, because it life is life and things happen mm -hmm. and so but uh, it you know the ladies uh, who are still there. I just recently sold that brick and mortar uh, mm -hmm. business. Uh, often speak about you, Jan, mm -hmm. and all, often speak about those two degree shifts. Mm -hmm. And they may not say, oh, Jan said this, but then when uh, they are doing something, they'll kind of look at me and say, you know, this is one of those things, you know, mm -hmm. those small little two degree shifts that mm -hmm. truly make a huge difference in, Absolutely. in communication of a business and showing up to, and, and I'll share this and um, this is going to lead to today. Um, and you, you know, share whatever you would want to share about your, your, uh, your businesses mm -hmm. and, and that, but let's bring it to today in this 2020. Woo. I think that's a cuss word. <laughs> I think 2020, it's like I heard that the other day that people are using 2020 as a cuss word. If you accidentally drop something, you go, oh, 2020. Right. <laughs> it's no longer a 2020 eyesight or it's vision, bigger. right? It's like, mm -hmm. take me away, Calgon, mm -hmm. you know, take me away. Yes. But it's been quite a year and mm -hmm. quite a year of mm -hmm. shifts for all of us. Mm -hmm. And you recently, um, uh, well, you're re you're working on, and I'm not 100% sure how this looks, but grief, gratitude, and grace. Yes. And why don't you share that with our, our guests? 
of sure. what is behind that and with sure. that. Sure. Well, at the beginning of 2020, none of us could have seen what it, what was coming. And I believe that the majority of people are in grief to some degree. We're all grieving the loss of life as we knew it. On some level, we're all in, in some sort of grieving process. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it was absolutely compounded in April when I lost Rick, my husband. Uh, short battle with cancer. He was diagnosed and 20 days later, he left the planet. And I was still like, hold on, God, wait a minute. Whoa, hold, let's have a conversation. There was no conversation. So everything just happened so quickly. Um, so I have personally been experiencing a grief process on a whole other level, losing my best friend, the love of my life, my partner in business and life. And, you know, it, we were such an integral part of each other's lives. And so it leaves a huge void when someone, you know, when you lose someone and I know I'm not the only one. So many people have lost so many people this year. And um, so in the process, I do think so strategically, sometimes I try to turn this brain of mine off because it puts everything in buckets. It creates systems like it just does this thing. Mm -hmm. And so I began to see what was going on internally in me. And I know that we're all wired differently. And the first thing I want to say, Megan, is that everyone does grief differently. There's not a right or a wrong way to do grief. Grief is grief. And so you don't have to do it exactly like I do it. But one thing I was determined, and I do have a strong mind, I was determined that I would not get stuck. Mm -hmm. And that I would face this and do what I needed to do to grieve, to face it, to deal with it. Uh, I went directly into a very specific therapy. I'm, you know, doing what I need to do to move through the process. And yet you can't speed it up, but you can support yourself through it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm six months in, so you know, there's, I'm only six months in, so I don't know. It's, it's one day at a time, but I did notice something and I hope this will help someone out there today. I noticed that when that grief hits and it, it does come in waves, like I can be fine. And 10 minutes later, I'm like bawling like a little baby. So you just have to go with it. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was strategically, I put this in place that when the tears would come, I would name them. I would name those tears. So hold on tears. What is this about? Oh, well, I miss Rick. Okay. Well, what, what is that? What is that exactly? So I would make myself look inwardly and say, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you an example. This just happened last week when I was frustrated. I was trying to do something 
um, with my website and Rick was my IT department and I was frustrated and I was like trying to look it up on YouTube and I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing. And, and he could have done it in five minutes. And then I just sat at my computer and just went, Bleh! and I just began to cry. Well, when I named those tears, what I was crying about was what I call flow, F-L-O-W. What I missed, of course, it's Rick, but if you just say, oh, well, I miss so-and-so, you're not exactly naming what the tears are about. This is where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit deeper dive. I was missing the flow. It's like, I miss the flow. I miss that bread and butter back and forth. Like we could, we could create a product in one day's time. We were just like, we were so good together. Mm -hmm. And so what I was grieving in that moment for that particular one mm -hmm. was flow. Mm -hmm. So once you name your tears, name, go a little bit deeper. I know you miss the person or the whatever it is. Maybe it's your business you're grieving. It, it doesn't have to be. It could be one of my dear friends, um, Sandra D. Robinson. Y'all know it was all over Facebook. If you know her, like she lost her pet. And she was like, I feel bad feeling like I'm grieving a pet when you lost your husband. I went, no, no, grief is grief. So name your tears. And then the next step is gratitude. Let me show you how. So I named my tears flow. I was crying about flow. I miss flow. That's what I miss. That's what I'm grieving. So you can turn grief into gratitude because here's what I said. Oh my gosh, for eight years of my life, I got to have a partner and experience flow. People live and die and never get to experience that, Megan. Yes, ma'am. They, they, they might be married 50 years, but they have no idea what I'm talking about when I say flow and Rick and I had flow. And so I turned my grief into gratitude and I began to go, thank you, God, that for eight years of my life, I got to be in a relationship where I had flow. I know what flow feels like. I got to have that experience and truly joy comes forth when we're in gratitude. Amen. Mm -hmm. So turning grief into gratitude, take what you're sad about and think about the, op why are you sad? Because of what you had. Mm -hmm. So turn that into gratitude for what you had. I hope this helps someone because it has helped me not get stuck in what I call the loop, the grief loop, because you're sad and then you, and then it loops around again and then it loops around again. And when I learned this strategy to turn grief into gratitude, Amen. it changed everything. I hope that helps someone, Maggie. And I know, and I think that's one of our connections, Jan, is that I have learned through life to take tragedy and and be grateful for mm -hmm. things that i've learned through it mm -hmm. and it is a tool guys that is so important mm -hmm. so important to learn and it is a oh good you know this season is just unprecedented mm -hmm. and like you said mm -hmm. Jan, it's it's you know just an amazing time but again i 
loved Rick and mm -hmm. as many people did and mm -hmm. he's going to be with us forever because mm -hmm. of the things that his legacy, you know, that, uh, meaning I share different anecdotal things about Rick Gibson. So mm -hmm. just a special man. So then you, so you said grief, gratitude, and grace. Mm. So bring in that too. So this is my definition. This is my version of what grace is in terms of grief. Grace is to me when God does for me what I can't do for myself. So I'll give you an example. I was in Home Depot, very exciting trip. I had to go buy air filters for my house. You know, this is so sexy, so exciting. Um, yeah, so I was buying these air filters and I have them in my basket and I came around a corner and all of a sudden that wave hit me. And it was like, Rick and I used to go to Home Depot together all the time. You know, it's a feeling, you guys. We, I don't know where they come from, they just come. And what I've learned is when it comes, don't worry about where you are, who's around, what they're thinking. This is your grief process. So I just was like, wah, in Home Depot. Well, the good thing about wearing masks is I had masks. I just pulled my sunglasses down and just let it soak that mask. It's all right. So I just let the tears flow. And, um, and you know, what that part was about was, I mean, obviously was missing those moments, those ordinary things that you do, you know, air filters for your air conditioner. It's so ordinary, but I was missing the ordinary. So I had to name my tears. And in that moment, Megan, I couldn't get to gratitude. I couldn't. Like I tried to do my little strategic loop because I'm the military daughter, right? I like everything to line up, march like little soldiers. And that's just not how life always does. So when I couldn't get to gratitude and some of you may be there today, maybe you're like, Jan, I hear you, but I just, I can't even get to gratitude. Well, that's when you call on grace. Because grace is when God does for you what you can't, we can't even do it for ourselves. We can't, like, I, I want to get to that gratitude space, but in that moment in Home Depot, I just, I couldn't get there. So I just cried out for grace and I made it through and, you know, checked out and got in my car and just sat there and just cried. And I do want to say one thing about crying because um, I'm not a big crier at all, but I've cried a lot of tears this year, especially. And here's something I learned about crying. You don't cry forever. Oh, you know, it's like we try to shut it down. It's like, oh, no, I can't just cry. I'm going to cry forever. No, you're not going to cry forever. You'll cry for about five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. You cry so long and then your like head is so stuffed up. You're going to, you can't even breathe. So you quit crying. So I just want you to know, you're not going to like die from crying. You will stop. It's not, you're not going to cry straight from right now, all the way through for the next five days straight. So isn't it, it, does isn't, it though, isn't it somewhat of a release? Yes, totally. And, Absolutely. and if you don't go with that flow. I love it, Jan, what you've created. If you don't, if you stop it, then you're suppressing it and there'll be other consequences physically. Yes. So there's well, a dis-ease. And we do not want dis-ease 
and our body. Yeah. So we do want to keep it out. And and I was open. I've, I've been doing a lot of self-care. I've been loving on Jan a lot. So if your heart is hurting today, love on yourself. Please don't be hard on yourself. Love on yourself like you would your best friend. If your best friend was hurting, what would you do? I've had to give myself hugs because, you know, it's me and B. B is my dog. It's like it's me and Beatrice. And so, you know, it's me and B. And she, her little paws, she doesn't know exactly how to do all that. And um, sometimes I just have to hug myself. I just have to just... You know, especially COVID, you guys, it's complicated everything for those yes. of us who are hurting because you want to be held. You, you want that. Mm -hmm. And um, so it. I know that life is a little even more complicated right now, mm -hmm. but I just want you to know there's hope and you can get out of that loop. Maybe you're in a space where you just need to cry out for grace. That's OK. Maybe you're in a place where you can say, you know what, this is what these tears mean. And I'm going to be grateful for the moments I had. I'm going to be grateful that I learned this through this experience. And gratitude is not just mental ascent. It is a spiritual force. So when you get into true gratitude, when you feel it in your heart, it's a spiritual force that helps to cleanse grief out of our hearts. I didn't really expect to go here, but there are so many people who are grieving for you know one reason or another, but also are struggling with aloneness because mm. of the season. And again, mm -hmm. you've spoken about you being peanut butter and jelly and mm -hmm. a team and mm -hmm. doing everything together. So um, and I know you have many friends and social, but what I want to touch on it, Ted, uh, of this mm -hmm. grief, gratitude, and grace, um, for instance, I, um, I know many people that have done this 21-day um, exercise, 2.2 miles for Operation Warrior mm -hmm. for uh, uh, veterans, and your dad was mm -hmm. in the service. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, you know, loneliness is a very, very debilitating and emotionally mm -hmm. uh, challenging, but many people don't have the tools. Yes. What you, in an introspection that you have. Um, what, just speak to that for a minute, yeah. or, or reiterate and yeah. speak from, you know, because you have a heart for others. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would go this to this place mm -hmm. with anyone, just anyone. Mm -hmm. I know there are people listening that are struggling. And so just touch on yeah. that. Well, I just want to say it's kind of like the saying that the best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago mm -hmm. and the next best time is right now. So if you don't have tools, yes, it would have been better if you already had them in what I call your tool chest, your emotional tool chest. Uh, it, so maybe you're not grieving right now. Can I just tell you, please invest in personal development and learn how to um, handle yourself emotionally, what to do with your emotions, how to set healthy boundaries, how to love yourself, how to say yes, how to say no. Learn these skills when you don't need them. So when you do need them, they'll be there. Yes. For those of you who are caught in the moment and you're like, oh, I don't have the skills. It's not too late. 
listen to my friend Megan DiMartino, it's never too late. And so here are some practical things uh, that you can do. First of all, so go your thoughts, so go goes your life. As a woman thinks, so is she. You must take charge of your mind. It is not my job to take charge of your mind. It's no one else's job to take charge of your mind. It is your mind. You must take charge. And just that mustard grain of faith, just step out and say, I am going to take charge. Now, how do we do that practically? Garbage in, garbage out. Pay attention to what is going in your ear gate and your eye gate. So I had a woman in one of my programs who was beyond depressed. She came into the program. She was struggling. Um, I was so glad that she showed up. She showed up well, even in the state she was in. And what I discovered is that she was listening to the news 24 seven from the time she got up until the time she went to bed. Stop it. If you're doing that, stop it. If you are struggling, if you're hurting, if you're dealing with grief, if you're dealing with, you know, feeling alone, if you're dealing with, um, you know, feeling down, do not turn on the television and, and pump yourself full of the news that is hurting you. It's garbage in and you're going to get garbage out. So there are some practical things you can do. Yes. Pay attention to what you let in your eyes. That could be through uh, looking at beautiful things. Look at things that make you feel happy. Take a walk outside in nature. Nature has the perfect vibration. Be careful what you let in those eyes. Read things that are uplifting. Stay around positive people in your ears. Be careful what you hear. Your life is worth it. You must take charge of your thoughts. For me, I'm a worshiper. I like praise music. I like worship music. I love elevation worship and Hillsong worship and all of these, you know, wonderful stations that I can just say, just say it quiet, Alexa, play you know, <laughs> elevation worship. And um, so fill your mind with uplifting things. It will begin to change your thought patterns. It will begin to put you in a better mental state. And do not say, I can't. That is not acceptable. That is a lie. That means I will authority over your brain. You can do this. And if you think you can't, then ask someone to turn on music for you. Ask someone to turn the TV off if you turn it on. Like you have charge. You have to step into your own power. No one can do this for you. You have to do it yourself. Thank you, Jan, for sharing that. Honestly, I knew that I, I just knew in my spirit that, mm -hmm. uh, who better right now, having gone through what you're going through, which is, mm -hmm. you know, amplified dramatically, meaning every, like you said earlier, everyone is going through something. Yes. Yes. A loss of something, but, but yours is amplified. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that, uh, that just the Holy Spirit said, ask Jan to share mm -hmm. uh, because there are people that are really in need. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, everyone, I know that you have been blessed by this, 
conversation with Jan and I, that Jan, Jan is, um, so many people have talents, but Jan has multiple talents. And so we will have in our text how to reach Jan uh, with her platforms. And uh, actually the very first time I laid eyes on Jan was when she was speaking at a little women's group with her uh, first book, I believe, The She Psalms. Is that correct? Oh. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, she scriptures. She's that was scripture. the first book I ever wrote. Mm -hmm. And that was, and um, I uh, received that that day, bought that that day, and um, just loved it. And it helped me through mm -hmm. a period shortly after that that was very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. And I would often just pick that up. And then mm -hmm. again, years later, we reconnected. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned you know, God spoke to you at that uh, meeting. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned uh, again, you know, praise and worship. Um, and you also personally to me mentioned you've been reading the red line in the Bible. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, and I have. Let's share a little bit about that because in my opinion, the Bible is the best self-help book there is. Yes, yes. Well, and I'll just say, I mean, Jesus is my jam. Like, like Jesus is literally saves me on a daily basis and listening um, to the words in red. So if, for those of you who don't know about this in, uh, in the Bible, some versions have the words of Jesus in red. And so I'm in a state in my life right now where I don't, I really don't even care what anybody else thinks or says, I want to know what Jesus is saying. I want to know what Jesus said about it. So I have been going through uh, the Bible and just reading the red. Like, I don't even want to read any other words. I just want to know what Jesus said. And so it's been a lot of fun. And it's really, um, it's been very, um, just a very, what I call delicious experience to just ponder on these words you know, ponder on these words in red. Mm -hmm. And so I, it's just something, it's a, I, I have my own spiritual practices that I do on a daily basis. And that's, I just added that in recently. I thought that was, a, when you shared that the other day to me, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, that's something to share with people because it's a very practical thing because it's mm -hmm. true. Meaning Jesus mm -hmm. walked this planet. These were his words. Mm -hmm. Meaning whether it's truth, truth. I mean, we own mm -hmm. that but meaning these are actually his words. Right. And well, so, you know, through a few translations and, you know, but whatever, whatever. the meaning still comes through. It does. It still makes it through. Yes. Yeah. So again, folks that um, Jan has shared from, uh, but the many years of life from when mm -hmm. she was a young gal and just formulating her goals, dreams, desires, aspirations, the Jan that we know, I always ask my guests that join me on Unique Leaders two questions. And it really comes from, and I know you've read Three Feet from Gold. Mm -hmm. Many people have not, mm -hmm. but there's a fictional piece to it of the story of the gentleman from the East Coast and going West to and purchasing a, 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 um, a, a, a mine, so mm -hmm. to speak. And he was chiseling away at it and he, um, was not from there, but the townies were watching him and he got very close, but he was frustrated, gave up and sold it to someone who was watching him and continued on that journey. And three feet 
from gold. Mm -hmm. And so in that book with, written by Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed, there's the, their success formula. Mm -hmm. And the success formula is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. So I'm not going to ask the whole thing. Like you said, you're not going to go through my entire life. No. But what I do ask people is, are, what is your talent? Mm -hmm. your superpower? What's your talent? Mm -hmm. And what, I mean, what's your passion rather? And what is your talent? Mm -hmm. Well, people are my passion. So that's, that's an easy one. Human beings are absolutely my passion. I love the little people and I love the, you know, elderly people and, you know, the ones in between. So people are definitely my passion. And my talent is actually a gift. And it's, there's a difference between gifts and talents, but it's a gift that I have developed. I recognized it when I was a little girl, when I was swinging on my great grandmother's front porch with my brother and my cousin. And we were swinging on this front porch swing. And in my little six-year-old mind, I saw the chain break on that swing and I saw it fall to the ground. So when the swing came forward, I jumped off. Sure enough, that swing went back, the chain broke, the chair, you know, the swing hit the ground. It was about three or four feet off of the ground. And my cousin and my brother are looking up at me, Janet Lynn, how did you know that swing was gonna break? And I'm six, I just said, I don't know. I just like saw it in my head, I don't know. And so at a young age, I recognized that I have an intuitive gift and I believe we all do. I don't think I'm some special superpower. It's not like that, but it is one of my superpowers because I can walk into a business. I can do a strategy session with a client and I see things and then I just say what I see mm -hmm. and it has never failed. So that tells me that it's bigger than Jan. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than Jan because Jan, I know how to fail pretty well. I'm kind of an expert at that. So, um, so I would say, you know, really that the the gift, the talent that I bring, is you know a strong intuitive gift, and it's built on a strong spiritual foundation. So when I come in, I do come in with different eyes, and everyone needs that in our lives we all need outside lives if you have a business you need outside eyes coming in and looking at your business you know if you're about to start a project megan as you well know you need outside eyes to come in and look and so my superpower is seeing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like you said we all have that intuitiveness but if they're it, what i see and you see i'm sure is that people just have denied it and mm -hmm. covered it over. It's and, dulled. Yes. And mm -hmm. so you have never allowed that from that time when you were six to be covered over. You've allowed it to incur, you've encouraged it and to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I actually reawakened it. Yes. There was a season in my life too, where I just kind of, you huh? know, it certainly didn't pay attention to it, but boy, I do now. Mm -hmm. It is such a vital thing to pay mm -hmm. attention. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, Miss Janet Lynn, thank you for joining You're me. So today. welcome. It is You're a so pleasure. welcome, Megan.
always to be with you. And mm -hmm. you are an, on a new precipice. You're going to be uh, with uh, the uh, mayor of Austin tomorrow in another panel yeah. and um, just doing many, many wonderful things for Thank people, you. as you said. Thank you. Yes. So it is a Nobitam moment, Jen. Yes. New birth, new life. Always something, something new. new. That's yeah. the promise. It is. Well, thank you, my friend. For thank you, on. my dear friend, Maggie. Thank you for having me on. And I just pray for every listener that their hearts will be healed and that they will have hope and possibility. That is my prayer. Thank you, love. And thank you, everyone, for being with us. And stay tuned. And Jan, I'll see you in a minute in the green room. Okay, great. Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And uh, even though I have heard many of Jan's stories before, they always resonate with me and give me encouragement to no matter what I'm dealing with and walking through, that it is um, those tools that Jan has talked about today. Do go back and listen to this. This is really a special segment of Unique Leaders Live and share it out with your uh, Facebook uh, family because there are people that need to hear Jan's story and the um, practical tools and the spiritual tools that she also shared. And I invite you to join me on my new business page, a Facebook page, officialmegandemartino.com. And also Jan referenced my book, Hope and Possibilities, Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And that is my gift to you on my new website, megandemartino.com. So please go and enjoy it. It's a timeline of as Jan was speaking about the 60s, uh, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s in New York, and then on through my journey of adulthood uh, throughout not only New York, but Texas and the world. So I look forward to enjoying that and seeing you on Monday on my new Teach, Motivate, and Inspire, the five C's, and we'll go through that together. And have a wonderful weekend and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandemartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities, Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.